0: Jalil Florence is down to two schools in his recruiting process, and he is going to make a decision on Monday. It's Oregon or USC. The implications, depending on where he goes come Monday, plus Oregon basketball, just as I record this, blows a big lead at home against Colorado. Here we go. You are Locked on Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, it is that time once again for Locked On Ducks. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with the Ducks every weekday. Please like and subscribe if you have not already, wherever you are listening to this show. Leave a five-star review as well, or if you think it's a four-star show, that's okay. Four-star recruits often turn out to be outstanding college athletes. So, a couple things to get to today. Jaleel Florence is down to USC in Oregon, and then men's basketball suffered a, uh, a setback against Colorado at home. Kind of live reactions to that one and, and the implications going forward and where it leaves Dane Altman's squad here as their six-game winning streak comes to a close. So there's some good and there's some not so good today, but you know what? That's being a fan in, in any sport, essentially. You just uh, you ride the highs, you ride the lows. Speaking of highs, here's a fun way to start the show. With C.J. Verdell going to the NFL, 7 McGee will now be wearing... The number seven come 2022 the football season anyway since we're already in the calendar year not only do i support this for all of you that follow the locked on ducks twitter account which you should to keep up with the show just know that anytime he makes a play i will be sending out copious amounts of posts involving george costanza if you don't understand that reference you're either too young or you just haven't watched Seinfeld somehow. And either way, there's an episode of Seinfeld where George Costanza, played by the very talented Jason Alexander, he, uh, he has this whole spiel that he's on. He wants to name a kid Seven. He thinks it would be a good name. And anytime Seven McGee makes a play, just know that sort of stuff will be going out on the Twitter account. But that will come in the fall. Hopefully something else that comes in the fall is Jalil Florence is in Eugene. He announced on Twitter that he is down to his final two schools. This is the guy, of course, that has said, coming from the state of California, that Oregon is his dream school. He was offered by the previous staff. He committed, decommitted, sort of committed. He hasn't officially signed, but there's still a good chance that Oregon gets him. And I know that it's not completely relevant, but I know this will make some of you smile at least a little bit or grin. Miami tried to stay in the Jaleel Florence running, and they're not in the top two. It's Oregon and USC. Make of that what you will. So, Ducks, Trojans, going for this four-star corner out of the state of California, highly rated four-star, highly regarded four-star, who could definitely help Oregon's secondary right away if he gets there, but nevertheless... When there's this much hype around a recruit, there's usually a reason. So I, I think that getting in would be a big boost, not just for the class, but for a position of need with our two starters from last year, DJ James and McHale Wright going elsewhere, James to Auburn and Wright to the NFL. And Oregon and USC, boy, this, uh, this could be a sign of things to come. It should be a sign of things to come, because in theory, now and in the future, Oregon and USC should be the top two recruiting schools on the West Coast and in the Pac-12. I mean, it should be those two. They are the biggest brands. They've got the most resources. There should be a number of times this year and, and going forward where there is a battle between Oregon and USC for top recruits Coming out of the state of California, maybe out of Oregon, but there have been a lot more guys that have gone from California to Oregon than have come out of the state of Oregon and gone down to play for USC. Washington, you know, they're going to take some time to build back up, but they haven't shown an ability to recruit at a top 10 level in terms of nationally ranked classes like USC and Oregon have in the past. Utah, they thrive more on elevating three star guys to play like five star guys. And they've been getting some big time recruits recently, but that's sort of their their MO. I just think that USC and Oregon are the two recruiting powers on the West Coast and that it should be that way going forward. So this could be sort of a sign of, of things to come. Remember, we really wanted this guy for a long time. We, being the Ducks, of course. Oregon coaches showed up at his house at midnight, the first moment, literally the first moment they were allowed, so that they could show, we really want you, man. And with Lanning as our coach, you know he really wants this guy. He is an athletic, strong, and powerful corner who has got a nice, well-rounded game and explosive speed. He's the sort of guy that Dan Lanning wants to coach on the defensive side of the ball. The advantage that Oregon has in this situation is we already have his teammate, Jaleel Tucker. And the fact that he's coming from California is is telling with regards to where each of the schools I mentioned before, Oregon and USC, currently stand as the potential recruiting powers that I think they could be. I'll explain more what I mean after I tell you that Bilt Bar has to be a part of your New Year's resolution if it's about getting healthy. The candy, or it's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, makes it easier to stick to your New Year's resolution. It tastes so good, you'll want to eat it. They're covered in 100% real chocolate, so you won't have that craving of, this isn't worth it, where's the chocolate? They're really good. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, 17 grams of protein. Here's an idea for the New Year. Go to all your secret treat stashes, wherever they may be, and replace the candy bars with built bars there's a bunch of flavors and if you go to built.com use promo code lock 15 you get 15 percent off your order that's promo code lock 15 for 15 percent off at built.com bet online would also like to wish you a happy new betting year as you continue with your built bar new year's resolutions because they're continuing their march to the playoffs and beyond bet online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022 new year new updated desktop and website Sign up today, receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to get started. Football, basketball, other sports, Vegas casino games, bunch of amazing offers for 2022. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. The reason Jaleel Florence could be so telling for the future endeavors with regards to recruiting for Oregon and USC is California has got a lot of really, really talented guys. They just have a bunch of people, but they also have a lot of schools that care deeply about football, right? The other thing that it could be indicative of right now in this moment is if he goes to Oregon, then what that says is is we know USC is going to continue to have to work hard to re-earn the respect they once had in California, especially in Southern California, right? Because back in the day when Pete Carroll dominated college football, no one left the state of California that was a top recruit, right? If this was 20 years ago, 15, 20 years ago or so, Jalou Florence would have already committed to USC. And Justin Flo and Kayvon Thibodeau, who came from California up to Oregon, right? Part of that sort of Cali-Flock movement, if you remember that, during the Crystal Ball area with, with respect to recruiting. That didn't happen back in the day. California is a massive, massive recruiting base. And Oregon is going to be competing with USC for great players for years to come with Lincoln Riley. Now, Lincoln Riley is known more as a scheme guy, right? His calling card is offensive explosion because guys are usually very open and they've got talented skill players. That's what he's known for. And what I'm going to be fascinated to see with Lincoln Riley, I believe he's going to win games, but I don't think it's as improbable as many people would probably think That he could not win at the same level he won at Oklahoma, where USC is a perennial college football playoff team. And the reason is that Lincoln Riley took over a program in Oklahoma that was already good. So he hasn't shown yet. Again, I think he's going to be able to, but I've been wrong before. And if I end up being wrong about that, the way it will look, I think, is. Lincoln Riley just doesn't know, you know, how to build a program back up because he was the OC at Oklahoma, which has been good, you know, forever, basically under Bob Stoops. They had a recruiting base. They had great players. He took it over. They went all in on the offensive side of the ball and they were able to get a couple of transfer quarterbacks who worked at three of them. Actually, all those quarterbacks, they were all transfers. And Spencer Rattler was a five-star recruit out of Arizona, and he didn't work out very well. Certainly not to the potential that he should have as a highly rated five-star and potential top pick in the NFL draft. That didn't go as planned. So he has to do something, and rumors right now are that Caleb Williams might be going to Wisconsin, which is way out of the blue. I, I mean, what, you talk about coming out of left field. That's out of the left field bleachers up in the nosebleeds. I mean, who saw Wisconsin coming? But that's not official as I record this on, on Tuesday night, the 25th of January. So that's the thing with Lincoln Riley is he's going to be able to sell guys on, I want you to come play offense for me and look at the way that I coach offense. It's pretty fantastic. He is a sharp Offensive mind at the college level. Nobody can deny that. But what he's going to have to do to make USC the power that many envision he can and get it back towards the level that Pete Carroll had it at in the early to mid 2000s, leading up until 2010 when Chip Kelly ran him out of the building at Otton Stadium on Halloween, it's going to be a lot of work that he hasn't yet had to do. And he'll have to build up the recruiting base. And he will have to be able to defend at least at some level so that he can you know, not have to score 50 points every single game. But he hasn't done that yet. USC's brand is still powerful. They've still gotten a lot of talented guys on on the offensive side of the ball over the last couple of years. Drake London is about to be a top pick in the NFL draft. Despite USC not being very good recently, they're still able to get guys like that. And Jackson Dart, who is now transferring away from the program, and if Caleb William leaves, that leaves USC in uh, in a little bit of limbo at the quarterback position, which, as we all know, pretty darn important. So I'm going to be fascinated to see what, what Florence chooses here because if if he goes to USC, that could be a sign that his message, Lincoln Riley's message, is already getting across and that people really have been buying into the idea that USC is a sleeping giant and all they needed was the right coach. And this is the guy, you know, gonna get it back to the glory days and such, which is not necessarily a terrible thing for Oregon, but it will limit the number of players that they're able to get from the state of California, right? The Justin Flows and Kayvon Thibodeau's of the world might not be coming up to Eugene as frequently as they have been in the last several years. But if Florence chooses Oregon, with the amount of buzz he's been getting, then it's very possible that Lincoln Riley still will have some work to do to to earn the respect of, of the college football landscape and high school recruits to be able to bring them in at, at the sort of level that a lot of people just assume That He's going to be able to do and and just real quick. I'll get to this in in a bigger way in a later episode. I don't know exactly when but USC being good helps Oregon because the conference needs to be better. It it just does the conference being better helps Oregon. Does it make it more difficult recruiting? Yes, but you'd rather win in a good conference than have to win a bunch of games in a bad conference because it doesn't give you any any flexibility at all. So that's uh, that, that's the Julio Florence situation. I hope he chooses the Ducks. It seems like he's going to, but you, you just never, never know. And maybe Lincoln Riley's got something in, in his back pocket. But, you know, at, at least Oregon is not having to compete with, with Miami for him. So he's uh, he's between Oregon and USC. He's expected to announce on Monday. That'll be the, uh, I can't do math in in my head. Uh, I need to pull up a calendar to see what day that is. I think it's the 31st. Yeah, today's Tuesday. Yeah, okay. So 31st of January uh, is when we'll expect that announcement. So I'll have an update then. But right now, what you have to do is know about Get Upside Because my listeners are earning cash back for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play. Use promo code SCORE for a bonus. $0.25 cents off on your first gallon. That's $0.50 cents off your first tank when you fill up, and there's no catch. Just download the app. Cashback gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, e-gift card, Amazon, Amazon, other brands. Download the free GetUpside app. Use promo code SCORE. Get $0.25 cents per gallon or more cashback on your first tank. That's code SCORE. Okay, so... The uh, the less optimistic part of the show. And I told you I'd always be honest with you, and I will. And Oregon basketball, as I'm recording this, frustrated me tonight. It was not a great game, but it started out great against the Colorado Buffaloes. 82-78 is, uh, is the final score. And it's just, it's a little bit of a gut punch. You know, it's not... Uh, a knockout blow by any means there's still time left in the season to to build up their resume and get an at-large berth or maybe just win the Pac-12 tournament but you know I'm watching Arizona and UCLA right now both of these teams look really good Oregon's already beaten UCLA they'll play them again and they'll play USC again those are going to be big wins and those home games against the LA schools are going to loom large as is the Arizona game in Tucson in uh at a later point in the season because with this home loss to colorado which snaps oregon's six game winning streak they now have to be able to reassert themselves from a resume perspective coming into this one it's not too early it's the end of january we can start talking about march they were projected as a last four in team before this game against colorado now hopefully on Saturday, they come back at home, they're motivated, and they just smack the beeves because Oregon State is having an abysmal basketball season. It was close last time they played in Corvallis. Oregon barely got the win thanks to an Eric Williams three late in the game. But hopefully they're able to, to come back with a vengeance. And the the, the the frustrating part about this game is that Oregon led early. They scored the first 13 points of the game. They led by as many as 15 And then they were down six late in the game. That's a 21-point turnaround. You know, it just looked like they got a little complacent and lost that intensity and urgency that I'd been talking about on the show at the defensive end. And Colorado, to their credit, hit some shots and started to lock in at the defensive end of the court. But this was a game where it felt like, oh, Oregon's going to do to Colorado what they did to Washington and the Buffaloes just didn't flinch. They won at Matthew Knight Arena for the first time since 2013. That is quite the streak for Dana Altman and company, and it's unfortunate that it had to come to an end tonight because when you're on a streak like the one the Ducks have been on, you just want to keep it rolling as long as you can. There, there's no such thing as you know too many wins in a row, and th- there's plenty of games left. Oregon, with this loss, almost certainly you know, with, with with three top fifteen teams on their schedule left, they're going to have double digit wins going in, or losses rather, double digit losses going into the Pac twelve tournament. So I, I think the margin for error now, which was already not very big, just shrank a lot. But there's going to be a, a high level of importance on those games later in the season against the teams I mentioned, and, and they have to do a better job taking care of business. Against the teams that they didn't beat, and this is the problem with getting off to a slow start and having a buzzer-beating loss to Stanford and a terrible loss even early in the season to Arizona State, who's just dreadful this year, right? I mean, th- this is the problem. It just it doesn't leave you uh, a lot of room for error, and this is one Oregon now falls to twelve and seven on the year, and you know th- those those road wins against the LA teams. They're important, no doubt, but this is one that Oregon should have had. You know, they had the big lead. Anytime you have a big lead at home, you just shouldn't give it away, and they did. And they had chances late, and it was not a good game for Jacob Young, and Will Richardson went quiet, and the big men were not as effective as normal, and it it was just all around not Oregon's best game after the start. I mean, early on, it looked like the same dominant Oregon team we've been seeing over the last couple of games. But after this one, it, it, it starts to make you question like, okay, so was that a fluky run or is this team really, really going to be able to play at a high level in the PAC 12? I tend to think it's the latter, right? I, I think they're going to be able to continue to figure it out. They were never going to go undefeated the rest of the season. It's just that the home games are ones that, that you've got to have against a solid but not great Colorado team it's you know it's a frustrating loss and they had so many chances late and they kept turning the ball over and they had a long stretch where they couldn't score the ball in in the early portion of the second half it just it wasn't their best best performance there in the second half and you do it on the road that's one thing but to do it at home it it stings a little bit more Season is far from over, right? I'm not here telling you that it's over, but this is definitely a, a bump in the road that they had started to pay for themselves. But, you know, to continue with that analogy, I always think of the movie Cars. Bessie ran out of, uh, ran out of fuel, right? It, it just ran out. So you got to go back, restock, come back at home on, on Saturday, and you got to blow the doors off of the beeves because that is not a good basketball team. And, if oregon wants to be able to prove to themselves and to you know the the computers and net rankings and such that they're a tournament caliber team they've got to win that one handily hopefully they're able to i appreciate everyone listening have a wonderful rest of your day and go ducks